I'm the devil. We're not done scroll. Oh, now I'm we're done. the devil. What's after breakfast? What's before lunch? It's Austin, Texas. It's weird brunch. I feel better. <laughs> I was I I felt kind of shitty there from like two to three. I don't know like why. Sick? Like, well, I went on a run and a hike with mom yesterday and did like five miles, which is a little more than I my body probably should be doing. I need to build up age, to that yeah. at my age. And then this morning I did like a really quick like two miles because I needed to come back and do research and then I started feeling sick and I was like did I do this too hard <laughs> like it could just be allergies it could be that it could that be much. also like I didn't drink a ton yesterday but we took I saw a TikTok that was like this is the fucking hangover hack you need a vitamin b com- complex and this other thing and you take them before you start drinking and I was like cool we're gonna try it and I I, I wonder if I was kind of hungover and didn't know it. And then it wore off mm-hmm. at like two mm. and cause it felt kind of like the end of the, like where you're coming out of it, your brain's not foggy. You're just kind of still a mm-hmm. little shaky. I don't know. Anyways, it also could be fixed by drinking again. So mm-hmm. I'm trying all of it. I was like, something spicy, something. It's all working. It's yeah. So one it's of all it, coming one together. of it worked. It's all working. Sure. <laughs> yes, It's not Haley. a problem at all. Yes, Whitney. That's it. I'm sorry I don't have... Are, are there not more in there? There's another in There's it. Another? Here's the thing about non-alcoholic beer. Nobody actually wants non-alcoholic beer. Sure. Right? It's just kind of there. Sure. And at, I, we just hit three years sober, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, this doesn't taste like beer to me. It tastes mm. like weird flavored water. Okay. Yeah. So it's like the... Uh, feeling of drinking a beer it's not that same kind of reward system in your brain so mm. y'all got six weeks into the pandemic lockdown before y'all were like nope too much yes okay <laughs> it was a lot because again talking about dad it was like yeah. six months after dad um drank Died. himself yeah. to death so it was all kind of i think it was already in the all back of my head yeah. yeah and then having just more bad nights than good ones and then b- realizing how easy it would be just to totally spiral Mm -hmm. um in in lockdown and then equally once we stopped drinking how easy it was to actually maintain it because one we weren't going out Mm -hmm. yeah so there wasn't the social pressure to drink and then two even i don't i i feel like people forget going to the grocery store was like a fucking undertaking for the first two or three months Mm -hmm. like it was not just popping by we didn't go it to was a risk h-e-b like we only went to arlen's and yep. ate the weird food that they <laughs> had left over there <laughs> so once you just don't and the other thing is like i wasn't ever really a liquor drinker so like the liquor that mom had at her house just because we were oh, living with yeah. her didn't really do anything for yeah. me i just only ever wanted beer right we it was went, probably the best thing yeah, well we had all of our we talked about this a little bit oh how we all forgot to drink no oh what we forgot we forgot how to how to drink yes Yes. that is true but no how we had you know all of our leftover wedding liquor just in the garage like cases of red wine that i went through because you you know you're like the world is ending yeah like i'm sure everyone gained some weight and 
came as close to alcoholism, if not fully submerging in it within those first couple months. Mm -hmm. I lost so much weight. I did not because I was like, well, the wedding's over, so fuck this. Yeah, I'm eating I whatever I want. I'm drinking all this booze because I don't know what the hell is going on. And, it, you know, I work in events, so I'm totally fucked. Yep. And I, yeah, ate and drank terribly for, yeah, a good few months. I wasn't eating healthily. I just do the thing. I got stressed out. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. If and then I, I just almost immediately gained it all right back. Yeah. I was promoted two weeks before the pandemic. Congratulations. To facilities manager. That's yep. so. <laughs> I thought about every facilities person the whole time because I was like. It was wild. Did you see that the Biden administration was like the emergency COVID whatever yeah. government statement is ending on I think at the end of May mm. or something, they have like a final date and it's like, that is the when, when COVID stops. is technically over. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, it's mostly they, the like insurers aren't expected to pay for certain things. And right. No yeah. more free COVID tests yeah. is basically what it, and Which, probably free vaccines either. It'll be like a flu shot. So it'll, be it'll covered, probably be covered if you have insurance or yeah. it'll be fairly affordable. I guess we'll see. Yeah. Um, well, and it's also weird because like, Right after I saw that, I started seeing like, oops, huge spikes, oh, especially yeah. with kids. Yeah. yeah. And how it, the new one variant or whatever, like gives you conjunctivitis. Like I saw oh, a yeah, video of guy. a guy showing like the inside of like, ew, it was gross. I, I feel like I've talked about it before, but I went through a very bad pink eye stage of my high school life because my eyes were super weak. That sounds so like lame. Victorian child. Yeah. Her, her weak, weak eyes. Mind. When she gets sick, her eyes also get like a cold. It was weepy so dumb. eyes. The yeah. weepy eyes. But I never whoopy. got with that guy. This guy had like, it was Build like up. a visible like film mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. you could like, he was like, I had to go to the hospital and they, the only thing they could do was like remove it. It was like thick like extra layer of skin but it's like bacteria shits or whatever what a challenge we put anyone who listens to this through at the beginning of everyone we yeah. all we all got bodies they all just do stuff. Go through a gauntlet. we're just real okay um i took notes while i was watching ghosted, ghosted. Oh, yes. what is this the new anna de armis and chris evans oh my movie. god i watched it before who weekly did and i didn't know they were going to talk about it. i was delighted anyways now lisa has watched it and i have not watched it it's you so said it was netflix bad. no it's on apple oh yeah i have that so yeah it's uh it's like their big rom-com so i texted whitney i was like i'm getting rip roaring high and watching this mm -hmm. and i'm taking notes and the first thing one of the first things you said to me was the wigs are bad yep. the second thing i have is this wig is bad? They are. I had, so are they all like hard front, yes. shiny? Yeah, yeah. And that's it's so same, easy to fix. I too. know. Yeah, it's the same one, but they clearly have like three different ones because mm -hmm. some of them are less bad. It's well, and I wondered if it was mildly intentional at one point because she's she's actually like a spy or something. You know, so you is she supposed out. to look like so, she's yeah, wearing is a she's wig? Supposed to be in a wig? I like. I don't think 
I don't know the quality of so. government wigs. Because so. her natural hair, I feel like I saw it maybe a couple of times, but then it would switch back and I was yeah. like, that's a wig. So maybe it's not. It was wigs whole time, troubling. you think? I don't know. It was troubling. Um, and then I said, why doesn't he want to get high with this woman who was born an aunt? Mm. She doesn't know even the word begonia? No. I, I wrote no so many times i said why is this woman looking for a plant at all if she's gone over half the year you look insane plant shopping saying you're gone for oh thank god that's why he's captain america america's detective Mm -hmm. um also all of the captain america i was like this is just marvel fanfic at a certain point i was like this is marvel fanfic it's also knives out fanfic because honestly Mm -hmm. the chemistry between them two and knives out is insane and I was like you knew you know you kind of can tell that he's an asshole and is gonna be yeah. a piece of shit dude but it's like they should fuck but it's like horny yeah it was horny this was not this was the and there's a part in it where they're like hooked up to lie detector tests or whatever and the girl who's administering it is <sighs> is in the spy group and she's like a cute girly and she was like okay y'all the sexual chemistry right now is like almost too much for me between y'all. I don't remember what she said. Did says. you know that's the second time that is said in the movie? Is it really? The first time is the high plant ant. Okay. And she's like, the sexual tension yes, is just like really. There is and then they said it again. Zero. And I was like, okay, okay, hold on. Hold on. Is this a bit? We should have hit three. Yeah, should have hit it's it three not. times. It the third like, one's on the cutting room floor. And both times, it's they're fighting and saying really aggressive, weird things at each other. It's weird. So the premise of the movie is Chris Evans is like a farmer, a, at farmer? a farmer's market. Oh, is this farmer wants a spy wife? Yes. Awesome. He meets Anna Darmus. They have like a great one day. They fuck. She's gone the next day. And then she's not, like, answering his texts. He had left, like, an inhaler that had a, a little tracker on it. You know, like, what are those tiles? Not an air tag. Air tag. Not yeah. an air tag. But not an air tag. Uh, but an a tag air tag. Air. Yeah. And he could see that she was in London and she was or overseas. And he was like, well, she's an art dealer. And his family is, like, who are all weirdos. And Amy Sedaris. Unwell. Unwell That family, family. is unwell. She's like, y'all, sh- you should go over and like surprise her. And he does. And then he gets, you know, finds out she's a spy. Oh, my God. He's psych. He's on. He's if I had a one night stand psycho. with somebody and I went out of state the next day and within 48 hours, that person found me. After texting you 11 times. I with would no response. Call the police. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I would a restraining order and if you're a spy like straight up murder that dude yeah i would be like oh you're problematic you just write it's like writing off on your taxes take you You write off dead bodies also there's this whole running thing about be a it's all of it is so troubling but there's a running thing about like be a cactus because you don't have to be taken care of oh yeah burf Uh we need a bad analogy in most rom-coms right at the end of the movie his sister is like they're like you know everything ends great and they're all at like family dinner and the family still thinks the ending, i'm, I'm sorry the family still God. thinks that 
she's an art dealer and she's like, man, you're the sister's like, your life just sounds so exciting. Like, I wish I could be you, except I don't want to have to have sex with my brother. It and everyone <laughs>, laughs and it's like you know what holy shit that's awesome <laughs> who, who wrote well that's why when we were you're when, like is this on purpose when yeah. john and i were watching it also i was like if you told me that this was written during the writer's strike i would fully believe you because yeah. the writing is it was written by fifth awful. graders it's so interesting it's off like listening to y'all explain it and hearing the kind of like plot beats in order because they sound very similar to the plot beats in true lies yes that's yes, what but done said. poorly yeah yes it's because they do like yeah all that the lie the lie detector scene in or the 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 truth serum scene yeah, in, truth in, serum. in true lies is so good sorry it's, yeah. i love arnold Schwarzenegger so much back that then move, well, it's one of my favorite movie movies was, like made us who if oh I had to no choose, i am like, attracted to women because five, of jamie lee oh curtis God, in that the movie hottest, the hottest thing i've ever <laughs> seen ripping her puffy sleeves off and putting using the, the water and putting the her hair back in her hair. and then very poorly sexy dancing. she does do a good she sexy looks dance so good. she sexy dances and then ends it perfectly by falling, by falling down, down because <laughs> she's still a human woman that uh if i had to pick like five movies that i think influenced us entirely True Lies is on that True Lies. list. Rocky Horror Picture Show, yes. Sandlot, yes. Trimmers. Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Yeah. You got Clueless in if, there, too. I don't know if I would put Trimmers in there. I, I just didn't remember get that watching it, it all the time. I remember. Yeah, Trimmers would be on my list. Mm-hmm. I have not seen True Lies. Oh, my God. You know. have to it's watch True Lies. It's so good. Well, also, Tia Carrera in it. Oh, my also God. Tia Carrera's in it. Very, very hot. Um, and like Eliza Dushku's in yeah. it. She's a young the daughter. Eliza uh, it's an everyone's attractive kind of. It's a mummy. It's the it same is. thing because even the and bad Tom guy, Arnold, Tom Arnold, was, was very still funny. okay. Yeah, God. yeah. Even the bad guy's hot. Wait, the bad what? guy. Yeah, the Middle Eastern bad guy's hot as hell. Yep. Yeah. Wait, no. now we have both Captain America. <laughs> Is that David that Harbour? No, no, no. Yes. <laughs> Is it fucking Sebastian yes. Stan? I cannot with this bizarro fan. So many there people were, in that there's movie. There's a scene where every fucking person that's ever been famous shows up. It's a money laundering <laughs> movie, then. It's insane. Yeah. It's crazy. The uh, music choices are unhinged every yes, single time. They very clearly also thought that like putting cool music in that, I feel like they used it as a crutch. Like yeah. we're going to spice it up, but the angles weren't good. And like the filming of it in general, it was like uninspired. Like when she's, when they're at the restaurant in the end and she like walks in and it's like hot girl music playing. I don't remember what, you know, yeah. it's like, some something like that and but it's just Anna Darmus walking in and she doesn't like she's not like smiling she's not looking she's just sexy. like head down yeah, forward. she's just like I'm Heavy just bang. walking mm-hmm. yeah don't watch Ghost I mean watch it if you want to hate watch something it is very hate watchable but it's not like funny like I don't want to watch it again and I, I hate did. it it's not way. like so bad it's good yeah no yeah. it's no, not no, no. it's not like but that. I did note the three things that happened that I was like oh okay and it was all them acting in a way where the I'm like oh they happened? sold that that made me like huh oh like kind of 
Okay. What were they? I mean, we I don't, don't remember. You don't remember. <laughs> One of them was the way he says shit after she kills somebody mm. or something. I mean, it's very <laughs> small oh, things. It probably not on purpose either. Right. Oh, whoa. That came from I thought that inside was inside my throat. John had one of those burps earlier where I heard it like start in his stomach, <laughs> travel up his throat, and then just come all the way out. Those are always fun. I feel like they're more satisfying. Like you feel like you lost weight or something. Yeah. yeah. So instead of water weight, it's gas weight. Yeah. And it's coming out one end or the other. Yeah, buddy's coming out one end or the other. Yeah, yeah buddy. <laughs> oh, my God. That was dumb. Um... Well, welcome to Weird Brunch. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's us eating brunch, being very happy with it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Chicken and waffles. Is that your brunch no, that you like? No, it's not my go-to. Okay. I'll fuck with it, but it's not yeah. my go-to. I'm a, I'm a Benedict fan. Mm-hmm. I love. Mm-hmm. I can do Benedict. Holidays. Holidays. Sometimes I go with a classic scramb. Scram. See, okay. I have a problem with scrambled eggs because, oh, like if I'm going to brunch, squiggly? I want to get something that you can't do on yourself. That I'm not yeah, going to be able yeah. to do by myself. So that's why I usually skip waffles. I'll skip pancakes. Like they're fucking delicious. But like, no, I want something that I'm not going to usually mm-hmm. make. I like um, at Magnolia Cafe. They have less of them now, but they have the scape. So they have like egg scape, lunar scape. Mm-hmm. And it's like always like potato, some type of egg, and then usually like a meat, but you can change it out for tofu. It's like mm-hmm. a it's like a dump meal where it's just all yeah. in a bowl. Yeah. God, it's so good. That's how I feel about corned beef hash. It's mm-hmm. kind of the same. I, it's a cas- It's a deconstructed casserole. It's the same thing. It's my favorite. Give it to me. Give me all your casseroles. Day. Hell yeah. What does it say on the Statue of Liberty? Like, give me your weak, your, your, your huddled masses, your huddled yearning masses. to have casseroles. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Give me your potatoes, your eggs, your vegan chorizo. Vegan chorizo is really good. I know. I can't taste the difference. Vegan when I come cheese to the chorizo. is the only thing I cannot. I will it not. It's, it's the consistency. It's not the same. It's beanie. Yeah. It's like always going it to be like beans. Yeah. It's not for anyone. No. There's this really good restaurant in town called Rebel Cheese, and it's a vegan deli. Yes. Okay. And they have cheese spreads that are good. I still would not consider them cheese analogs. Like, yeah. It's like, I understand why you're calling it cheese because you're like reaching the market you need to by calling it cheese, but it's like a cashew, like a mold. Yeah, exactly. Like, call it that, and I'll eat like, it. Why are they dip. making cheese? I feel like tofu is closer in consistency to cheese than cashew butter there's probably not a binding agent in it though i'm sure maybe that's the next million dollar idea vegan texturized vegan binding agents yes hell yeah why didn't the craft think of binding that Mm. i bet they're on it i bet they've got people working on it with the price of velveeta cheese cheese right now i bind you from doing harm to yourself and harm to cows and repeat that over and over again I love them. I mean, we've talked about that before, too. American what? cheese is, like, my favorite, ultimately. Yeah. Like, if I had to pick, if you had to pick one cheese for the rest of your life, what would it be? I just don't really think about this very often. It's a kind of hard to I want to say Colby Jack. 
see i feel like colby a little bit of both both. no no y'all are both wrong okay shredded mexican cheese in the pouch that you you sprinkle into your mouth at two o'clock in the morning the like really fine shredded one where it sticks together and sometimes it's a clump and you just pop a clump in your mouth and you can put it on anything i know it says mexican cheese but you can literally do anything you can make queso with it but it's gonna be a little chunky i hate when it it gets kind of like sandy it's granular sometimes but yeah that's what i'd fuck with i was taking that out of the equation what are what's your so Colby you're Colby Jack, Jack? Mexican cheese. I think I'm. I Colby mean, Jack. I feel like Mexican cheese is basically Colby Jack because yeah. it's a blend. Yeah. It's so I could shred my Colby Jack. And I think then I've I'm got gonna. Both. I think I'm gonna stick with American, American cheese. Yeah. Because I most of the things I use cheese for personally are melty. Yeah. yeah. Melted in for sure. And American cheese melts the best. Mm-hmm. It you know I can also eat it straight up. Yeah, you fold it over until it's a little tower yeah. of little tiny squares. Delicious. Mm-hmm. It's interactive. I make my meat roll-ups with it. Delicious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God, I love a meat roll-up. I love a meat roll-up, too. Like, give it to me. We should do our story. Okay. We've been talking for, like, 30 minutes. Which, it, it doesn't feel like it's been that long. Yeah. Who would like to go first? <laughs> So I can the judgment if you want. Can stop. <laughs> Haley, if you want to go first, no, you go I first. can go first. Mine is pretty short. We could hear the judge. I'm just mostly trying to be a contrarian because I'm a little sassy are. today. I, I like that. Yeah, She's got you. her devil. I my devil's here. It's, it's Walpurga's night tonight. Tomorrow is Beltane. It's May Day. You know what? The you veil say is that thin. Because my fucking story has, it doesn't, it doesn't go into it, but it is a May 1st situation tell me about it a may first situation we 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 got a may first situation situation. okay did you know that i bet i didn't (laughs) hold on i want to are you working on your intro in your head no i just had an idea for something that would have been fun just now but uh maybe i'll add it in but imagine the sex in the city music playing Mm-hmm. Carrie's wearing a weird puppy dress. Then Carrie gets hit by something because a bus with May her face on it. First, no, she gets splashed by the bus. You see her nips on it. The dress is still iconic. Probably one of the most iconic outfits of all time. Carrie Bradshaw, problematic. Very. Yeah. So bad friend. The first day of May in New York City used to be one of the most chaotic days of all time. I almost did this one. This is you good. almost did yeah. this? Okay. Uh, because it was called Moving Day. A once a year tradition where everyone in New York moved on the same fucking day. That's the stupidest thing I've yep. ever heard. Because of legislation. or Okay, so the way... This is like back in the 1800s, right? Mid 1800s. I guess leases, you know, people aren't making like airtight leases. And people were obviously renting more and more in New York because more and more fucking people are there. So the legislature was like, okay, of New York was like, if it doesn't specify in your lease when the lease ends, May 1st is that day from now on. People were like, um, okay. They all expire. All leases expired simultaneously on May 1st, which caused everyone to either change their residences or stay. 
So uh, it was there was no determinate time, and then they just established May first. Yeah, moving forward, so not everybody would be moving out on May first, but everybody really would, would be. So here, let's get into sorry. it. Landlords would give their tenants a three month notice, informing them what their new rent would be at the end of the quarter, which ended on May first, and. So February 1st was when they found out it was called rent day. And if the tenant agreed to the new terms of their heightened rent, they would stay. If they couldn't afford the rent hike, they would start looking for new houses. But they would, you know, stay until May 1st because they want to get their fucking money's worth at this place that they've been renting for the last year. Tenants usually waited, like I said, until the very last day to vacate the old old premises which caused utter chaos on the streets of New York. So it dates back to colonial times when the city was super small. Mm -hmm. I mean, inhabitants of the U.S. in general, not that many people there. They say the date of May 1st may have been chosen because it was the first day that Dutch settlers set out for the island of Manhattan. Others also link it to the English Celebration Day, May Day which is the exact middle between the spring and summer, the spring equinox yep. and the summer solstice. Yes. Okay. I have it pulled up on a Wikipedia, but I just want to try. And also, you know, May Day, it's it's the midsummer fest mm-hmm. where you pick a May queen, you like run around, like murder people. You whatever. light fires, you fuck. Yeah. You do all the cool shit. So however the custom started, it became law by an 1820 act of the New York State Legislature that mandated if no other date was specified, all housing contracts were valid until the first day of May. And what was this solving? I think it's just that people didn't have their shit together. And it was like, okay, well, we're going to make this a rule. And it was still so early in the process. And there weren't that many people around. And it's like, well, if... Lisa O'Sullivan said you can rent this place. It's going to end on May 1st. And the law itself was repealed eight years later, but the practice was pretty much set. And everyone was like, well, this is the rule we're going by, whether the law is in it or not. Well, they've already signed everything. They've already done it. And the city is growing. So by the 19th century, moving day was insane and had become a pandemonium with the sidewalks rendered impassable and streets gridlocked with wagons carting household goods. Let me give you a few quotes from Moving Moving Day. Day. Because not Rent Day, Moving Day. This one is racist at one point, so I apologize. This is from the 1832 book Domestic Manners of Americans, which was by an English writer, Francis Trollope. And yeah, anyways... On the 1st of May in the city of New York has the appearance of sending off a population flying from the plague or of a town which had surrendered on condition of carrying away all their goods and chattels, rich furniture and ragged furniture, Mm. carts, wagons and drays, ropes, canvas and straw, packers, porters and draymen, white, yellow and black the three races, as we know, occupy the streets from east to west, from north to south on this day. Everyone I spoke to on the subject complained of the custom as most annoying, but assured me it was unavoidable if you inhabit a rented house. 
more than one of my New York friends have built or bought houses solely to avoid this annual inconvenience. Bro, I get it. Moving Moving sucks. sucks. And moving has always fucking sucked. New York Times reported in 1855, quote, old beds and rickety bed stands, handsome pianos and kitchen furniture will be chaotically hurtled out together. By 1856, some erosion of the adherence to moving day straight up always being on May 1st people are trying to work around it going a couple days before or a couple days after if you can convince your landlord to do that and created in effect a moving week okay which was arguably chaotic as well Near the end of the 19th century, many people were leaving the city for the suburbs, especially in the heat of the summertime. So we're talking about snowbirds, right? Mm. As a result, October 1st became a second moving day where people are returning to the city, would take their belongings out of storage and move into their rented homes. The October date may have been related to the English custom of paying land rents on Michaelmas, which I had never heard of, like Christmas. But it's Michaelmas, which is the feast of St. Michael, Saints Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael, the feast of the archangels. It's a older Christian holiday celebrated on September 29th. Uh, or like yeah basically October 1st I guess it depends on when it falls I just didn't know if I should start doing different things for my birthday we can celebrate Michaelmas on your birthday let's do it they also had hiring fairs at the end of September and the beginning of October the day was considered a gale day in Ireland when rent would be due as well as a day for issuing or settling contracts and other legal transactions. That sounds like a horoscope. Like why are I've we gotten. doing you know what? This also makes me think of like tax day. Like why are taxes all due on the same day? There's probably a really interesting reason why it's all mm. due on this. I'm sure if we one of us looked into it. Not it. Not it no. either. Oh, I can't be bothered with I'm that. very upset with my taxes this year, so same. I just got sad. Don't think about it. Don't talk about it. <sighs> Eventually, <laughs> I'm just prepared to get the October <laughs> day began to supplant the tradition of May Day so that by 1922, the Van Owners Association reported only a moderate flurry of activity around what year? May Damn. Day. 1922. So this what lasted like for like a hundred years. Also, like if the VOA The VOA, it, Van Owners Association. The movers themselves were also like kind of irritated by no it. No shit. <laughs> you can make money once a year. Yeah, they attempted to get legislation passed legislation passed to spread out the fall rush to three different dates in September, October, and November. And with that, the tradition of a specific moving day started to fade. At the height of moving day in the early 20th century, it was estimated that a million people in the city all changed their residences at the same time. Resistance 
in the 1920s and 30s was so strong and then World War II came in and just like fucked it all up. There was also like a major post-war housing shortage and that also led to the advent of rent control. So it put the nail in the coffin on old moving day officially basically in 1945. There was a newspaper article headlined, Housing Shortage Erases Moving Day. (coughs) So there we go. I want to read one of my more favorite quotes because it's from Davy Crockett. The Davy Crockett? The Davy, Davy Crockett. Davy Crockett, he happened to be in New York on moving day because he was the guest of honor at a dinner for the wig party. Mm -hmm. Oh, wig? The wig. The wig party in 1834. Quote, by the time we returned down Broadway, it seemed to me that the city was flying before some awful calamity. Why? I said, Colonel, what under heaven is the matter? Everyone appears to be pitching out their furniture and packing it off. He laughed and said that this was the general moving day. Such a sight nobody ever saw unless it was the same, unless it was in this same city. It seemed a kind of frolic as if they were changing houses just for fun. Every street was crowded with carts, drays, and people. So the world goes. It would take a good deal to get me out of my log house. But here, I understand many persons move every year. That reminds me of, you know, in Alice in Wonderland at the tea party where they go, change places. And they all get up and run around. Yes. (laughs) And just as crazy. Yeah, it's just as crazy. And that is what May Day was. But I forgot to mention the the like movers really raked in the money on May no Day shit. when it was good. Yeah, but and it's like they were charging like upwards of five dollars. They would like laugh at you five bucks, which in eighteen whatever mm-hmm. was like a million dollars. Yeah, but they were all like strong farm people back then, so most people could just strap an yeah. ottoman to their back and yeah march down the street. I bet there was a lot of that. No, oh, yeah, that's what I kept. You thinking. just you just pay the the street children. To carry things, yeah. right? But the street children aren't going to have carts to put your shit in. You just you just ratchet strap like an yeah, armoire to, to like a 16-year-old. <laughs> okay. yeah. Two of them. I two thought you them. were going to say to a six-year-old, and I was like, well, nah, no, you no, could no, try. No, 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 you load the six-year-olds up with like a bunch of bindles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The promise of the quick cash lured in farmers from neighboring Long Island and New Jersey who uh, would come in with their wagons and be like, I'm going to do this. It's like exactly when people come in for ACL Fest and Uber, even though they don't fucking live here and don't know how to get anywhere. And it's always almost like that should be a better regulated industry. I agree. On the 1st of May, the car man becomes a different creature. Reported the Times in 1865. No. Not like day man, not particularly civil at any time on moving day. He must be approached with caution. He has become Lord of the Ascendant. Ordinary offers do not tempt him. He has been known to laugh and scorn a man who offered him five dollars to convey a load half a dozen <laughs> blocks. Five dollars for a load? Half a dozen? Like I'd six laugh too. blocks, man. He is above all ordinances. He is a creation of the day. 
Tomorrow he will be a mere carman amenable to law and standing in fear of the mayor's marshal. So you did want to be that guy. He was. He was. That that man from the Times had clearly been like, I can't believe you're trying to charge me this much money Mm -hmm. to move. Carman. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, that's moving day. My short little story. Uh, you know, mine also has to do with the 19th century. Oh, we love a segwoo. Do you have a segwoo? I have a segwoo, but it's fine. You do yours. Okay. I'll do my segwoo. Well, Haley was going to fight you, though, <laughs> just she, a little. She, sorry. She stared at me for too long, and my instincts yeah. came out. Yeah. Sorry. I it's keep okay. blinking, long blinking. So It's know. okay. I was challenging you with my <laughs> eyes. So I knew I was picking up on it, something. I it still makes got it. Sense. Uh so what what word comes to mind when I say nineteenth century America, Mickey Mouse, Tom Sawyer? That's a lot of Just words a to first, say at once. First thing that comes to mind. Ooh, a cur- a bad word. Oh, okay. Nope. That's not <laughs> Tom it. Tom Sawyer. That's not where we're going. I think um, of like Song of the South shit. Okay. Yeah. Wait. Okay. So this is 19th century. So 1800s. Right. America. Mickey Mouse. Tom Disney. Sawyer. But Mickey Mouse wasn't around in the 1800s. You're correct. Okay. Actually, it's a part of Song of the South too. Maybe. What if I say Blank Springs, Colorado? Uh, Colorado Springs, Colorado. No, the other springs. Big Springs. Eureka. Steamboat. You're correct. Got it. We got it. Steamboat Willie. Yep. That's the one. I know that cartoon. It's the first one. It's the first Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Yeah. So Steamboats. Everyone's seen one, at least on TV. Uh, And now they're mostly for gambling corporate events. They're on display at theme parks with not nearly enough water in the tanks. Hello get it together some are now used for weddings where fishing shirts are encouraged mark you know. twain mark twain famous mark twain. steamboat oh. dude who named real himself horny. after a real horny after for steamboats. A steamboat related word so the steamboat was uh, the first american invention that made a global impact right right okay so that's pretty crazy um James Thomas Flexner, he's a historian, and in 1944, he called it one of those crucial inventions that changed the whole cultural climate of the human race. In 1787, there was a prototype. In 1807, that was the first commercially successful steamboat. Now we are talking about America. (coughs) So shortly after, we'll get into this. Um, But shortly after that commercial trip, uh, that's when we start seeing some steamboat races. I would love to see a steamboat race. Fucking right? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Down the Mississippi. Slow. No, they get going fast. Here's the thing. I feel like we have seen things fast, go fast. Yes. Much faster than anything that could have ever gone fast at the time of steamboats initial judgment. You think they never seen no NASCAR? You no. think a steamboat can go faster than a NASCAR? You think no, but Dale Earnhardt Jr. could not If you showed beat. me the fastest, fastest turtle, I would still be impressed. It's relative for sure, but I think it would. Con- I think that my lifestyle is faster. Fine. Okay. Shit. Haley's Shit. not coming to the steamboat races. Haley's ready to fight whoever or whatever. <laughs> I am. I'm on one today. 
so steamboats made rivers into two-way streets previously it was a one-way so they would put something on like a barge raft really send it down the river it would get to the end of the river and then they would disassemble the thing there you go okay and that was it was all one way so steamboats game changer there's only one problem they are inherently dangerous on account of the steam Mm -hmm. Mm. it's just little things uh you know like the boilers that were prone to exploding and igniting fires or you know all the coal right yeah have to carry to heat the steam yep Mm -hmm. the boats were all made of wood back then and like most of what they'd be hauling in the 19th century cotton gunpowder yeah got a lot of flammables turpentine people people passengers also flammable yeah uh rivers are also wonky in america you've got like trees you know how trees are (laughs) and how their roots are doing i've seen them i've seen we've all seen seen a tree if you floated a river and you haven't busted your ass on something (laughs) you haven't floated the river yeah Yeah. i have a scar in the middle of my back from one of those Mm. motherfuckers your back that's some true blood it was a low you know the river was low when we were floating. Uh, so and through the like, hole? Well, I was, you know, in the hole. Yeah. Yeah. In the tube hole. And like it was a piece of stick, you know, like a dead tree yeah. or whatever, just under the water. And it scraped right up my back. I have no part of my back in that hole. It's all but. Oh. Yeah. I don't know, man. It just happened. Yeah, man. I think. I, I slide in. It I, would I be lower back. Okay. Yeah, it's lower back for sure. Uh, also, more steamboats. No problems, you know. Mm-hmm. Now you got traffic. That's what it, Biggie said. I know. Yeah. At night, steamboat Biggie. <laughs> <laughs> steamboat Smalls. <laughs> At night, maybe you're wondering. I am. Wh- how would they light? themselves up and oh torches <laughs> torches mm-hmm. which are very visible yeah and, no. and and definitely stay lit this is pre even like gas lights i mean this is 1800s and even i could see them just doing torches because it's easier well, and managing like a gas system is probably yeah. not yeah simple yeah like yeah. you probably just want to dip it in something and stick it on the yep. corner yeah, yeah. Between 1816 and 1848, boiler explosions alone killed over 1,800 passengers and crew. Injured another thousand. Yep. That's just on the government records. Yeah, so that's what was reported. There was five times as much. (laughs) Yeah. There was also the sinking, and that was just boiler explosions. Mm -hmm. There's also the sinking of the steamboat Sultana in 1865. Also, the result of a boiler explosion, but it killed eighteen hundred people on alone, its own. just mm-hmm. by itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's the worst maritime disaster in the U.S. in history. Mm. It, that is more than really? Titanic, yeah. Mm-hmm. Titanic was fifteen hundred people. That's worse right? than the sinking of the Edmund Fitzgerald. I don't know. Play the song real quick and see if it tells us how many people it, died. It does. it does. Wait, how many people died on yours? 1800 I mean uh, 1800 is I believe you I'm just now I'm just curious to know how many people died on that you don't have to believe me you just have to believe wherever the fuck I got this article oh Edmund Fitzgerald 
There were only 29 crew members on the Edmund. <laughs> and they wrote channel. a whole song about it. Gordon Lightfoot, you should have been writing this about the Sultania. Right? Sultana? Sultana. Whatever. Charles Dickens wrote in 1842. Western steamboats usually blow up one or two a week in the season. In 1838, the Moselle fast, uh, nearly new boat in the Ohio River steamboat. Er, it exploded off of Cincinnati. So it some of these boats were like dedicated to specific rivers. So this was an Ohio River steamboat. It explodes off Cincinnati. All four boilers... This is dark. All four boilers exploded at once, and there's pieces of boat and Ooh. people all over the shores of oh, Kentucky no. and Ohio, some of it more than a quarter mile away, which isn't no, that's the far, th- but that's a pretty far It's four boilers. Like, like, yeah. It's, yeah. And that was upsetting. 120 people. And this is another quote don't know who from but western steamboats showed an appalling accident record a voyage on the mississippi it was often said was far more dangerous than a passage across the ocean naturally with all of this steamboats begin racing each other yeah mm-hmm. man fucking do it it's just like the route it's it's every weird backwoods american contest competition that ha- i just I love it, even though I just talked about how many people Mm -hmm. died. In some cases, races were planned and advertised in advance sometimes, uh, and people would line the riverbanks and, like, get really pumped up and excited. Others were random, and they were often, like, urged on by passengers that were like, hey, 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 man, hey, man, what if we race that guy? Hey, I think that guy looked at you weird. I just think of, like, when you're at a stop sign and there's two fast cars next to each other and one of them revs their engine at the other one and they take off when the light but it's two like steamboat captains with their little caps and they're like just turn the like thing on more yeah (laughs) and then they take off and it's like (laughs) we have people i don't know if y'all ever did this but kids with automatic cars would have slow like whoever's car went the fastest just taking your foot off the brake to see the you know because your car will naturally roll forward i never did that okay i didn't have an automatic i had an automatic though i didn't have a manual no it was automatics only oh if it was manual it would just sit there in neutral good point no we never did that it was never Mm -hmm. done with my car because i only had manuals anyway sorry no it's okay i like to know what y'all drove manuals both Mm -hmm. of them that a 1996 buick Saber. Very, very safe car steamboat captains also would race for their own ego and pride boat owners thought that a winning record would sell more tickets on their boat so boat owners are like yeah man do it do it i didn't say it but do it there's also obviously a ton of betting on races in uh an 1870 race there was total wagers over one million dollars what else you got going on? Do in it. 1870. Oh, that's like yeah. one billion dollars. That yeah. is 23 million dollars today. F. And yeah, don't worry. It's still as American as you want it to be. Uh, the race and competition, they were using things that were not made for racing and competing. Mm-hmm. They're steamboats. Uh, and they would get like not only bragging rights, uh, but they also got a large pair of deer antlers if they won. 
that were often painted gold. Yeah. Yeah, that's maybe my favorite part. Mark Twain said, I think that much the most enjoyable of all races is a steamboat race. He went on and on, but it was too horny. Uh, He (laughs) deemed horse races, quote, pretty tame and colorless in comparison. That said, Twain never saw anybody killed. Mm -hmm. Uh, But trust the deaths were all too common. Boiler explosions more likely were more likely as crews often circumvented safety valves so that they could go faster. Passengers and crews were scalded or blown to pieces, burned alive in fires. Uh, they would take their chance in water, but they would often drown. Not the best swimmers at the time. Also, the Mississippi's like rough. Right? Oh, it rough. Yeah. It bad. Also, like, who knows what those trees are doing? Those trees can just they're gonna grab you. Pull you right you under. You think it's the crocodiles? Yeah, but then all of a sudden, many trees. It's Snow White trees that are grabbing at you. Oh. The most traumatizing. It was the most traumatizing. It was the first trauma I remember. The ET aliens. The ET scene where the government comes and takes ET. Second one for me. Yeah. Those are like two. Did we mention the mean trees in the Wizard of Oz as well that throw the apples at her? We didn't. Yeah, she's kind of a bitch though. You know, and trees were scary too because also trauma. Uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple when they're in the tree part and the trees grab. Yeah, the oh, temple yeah. guards also. The temple guards grabbing that always weirded me out. Yeah, like why are you touching a child? That's not why okay. Why can't you just do like tag? Yeah, you don't like need a light to. Goes off. Scoop up. Desperately finding the the idol that you have that will like save you from it. It's very scary. It is scary. Humorous Charles Godfrey Leland, who we all know and love, mm. said. From the days of the Romans and Norsemen down to the present time, there was never any form of amusement discovered so daring, so dangerous, and so exciting as a steamboat race. And nobody but Americans could have invented or indulged in it. Now I'm imagining the steamboat captains wearing leather jackets, Mm -hmm. combing their hair. Like, oh, like uh, T-Birds. Yeah, like like a James Dean kind of thing. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In July of 1811 was the, quote, first steamboat race in American history and went down the Hudson from Albany to New York City. There were two boats, the Hope and the North River. They collided at a at the fastest rate they were known to go, which was five miles per hour. Like the slowest. Where is it you that was telling me about the car wreck that you saw at the um, at the Burnett Road HEB? Yes. Yeah, it's the slowest car wreck that's ever happened. Yeah. Old people, don't park up at the front at the <laughs> Burnett Road HEB. Just don't. I'm telling you, just don't go to that one. <laughs> that one's just chaos. You can't get in it's, or out. It's not what good are you either. It's Grow not up. a good one. I had to go grocery shopping for I'm, Grandma a couple times. It there used to be my sucked. HEB for forever, but. I, I, there are better HEBs oh, out yeah. there for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds like there's safer ones too. Mm. Yeah. Neither boat was damaged, but the captains decided to call it a draw. That's responsible. Very mature of them, yeah. Responsible. But it quickly spreads to other rivers and the Great Lakes. In 1851, P.T. Barnum arranged a steamboat race on the Ohio River. 
went from Cincinnati to Pittsburgh. This was all promoting this um, woman who was known as the Swedish night- Nightingale. Mm. Jenny Lind was in, and she's doing appearances. So P.T. Barnum, we all know and love and adore and sure. such a good, good person. <laughs> Wonderful singer. Never did anything. Quite the dancer. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Uh, looks a little like Wolverine at times. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I know how to promote this. So they're both of them are on one of these boats that are racing. Uh, him and the Swedish Nightingale. Uh, he did get his money's worth, even though he lost his his boat loss. It's all for the spectacle. Oh yeah, yeah. He's the five mile an hour. There, he's getting the money. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it was. He got a ton of people to come out. So, 1852, the Henry Clay caught fire off Yonkers. Eighty deaths, many from drowning. The Clay's captain and owners denied that the ship had been racing, pa- but passengers testified otherwise. <laughs> How could you tell the difference? (laughs) Well, (laughs) the incident became a major catalyst for the Steamboat Act of 1852. So what the the passengers were like, no, no, we saw there was another steamboat that was out the window that we were going up against. And then they backed out. The other one backed out. The Henry Clay (laughs) kept going and exploded because they had not been they were like who gives a shit about a safety valve yeah go full throttle right i thought it was because they saw the the captain in his leather jacket take off his hat and go yeah 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 (laughs) and spinning around and they were like like, that's a racing man yeah like three hot ladies in bikinis yeah with the flags at the end of it Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. so this enters the steamboat act of 1852 which i know we're all familiar with uh, stricter safety and inspection requirements called for licensing of river pilots and engineers. We weren't doing that before. No, nothing gets regulated until no. people Mm-mm. die. And many you read people. Unsafe mm-hmm. at any speed. That's exactly what that's about. It's about steamboats. Yeah. <laughs> Surprisingly, I mean, Ralph Nader knew a lot about steamboats. Actually, really into steamboat. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, she I'm said right. she didn't like it at the beginning. I'm trying, trying to let you have your space on it. Yeah, I appreciate you. Uh, not all were tragedies, though. In 1847, Robber Baron. Is that a name or is that a description? Yeah, his, his name two is jobs. Robber. His, it's, it's his two jobs. Cornelius Vanderbilt. There you go. Oh, Vanderbilt. Bet $1,000 that his namesake steamer, the C. Vanderbilt, could beat the Oregon. Round trip race between New York City and Ossining, New York. It's so intense, the Oregon's crew started burning furniture because that's how bad they want to tell Vanderbilt to go screw. The Oregon won, Vanderbilt lost. So sorry. But there was victory in taking a rich man's money. Let's all be real. Mm -hmm. In 1870, the Robert E. Lee and the Natchez, this is one that I believe I've heard of. The Robert E. Lee and the Natchez fastest of the mississippi they go from new orleans to st louis in four days racing and the steamboats like lee and natchez had to stop frequently for more coal or firewood Mm -hmm. so they're while they're doing that they're like we're gonna make money while we're doing so they're also dropping and picking up freight and passengers 
So newspapers at each one of these stops, newspapers were like, oh, and the Lee got here two hours before the Natchez. Oh, the Natchez is now ahead of the Lee. And so it was this really like slow but exciting thing. Um, And then the papers were also covering gambling, which this is the one that totaled a million dollars. The Lee won, but couldn't save the end of the steamboat era. The height was in the 1850s. We're now in 1870, and now we've got railroads, baby. We're yeah, we're, we're going really over the land. Well, really in America, okay, the railroads kind of got destroyed too at some yeah, point, so yeah. it's also cool. You know, US. Uh, into the steamboat is the end of the steamboat racing, but like America, into the steamboat is the end of steamboat racing, but like Americans do, we do celebrate the tradition. There's a great steamboat race on the Ohio River that happens every year. Part of the festivities of the Kentucky Derby. It's a 14-mile race every year since 1963. The only year they didn't do it. 2020. 2020. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say 9-11. <laughs> 2001. It was too hard. Or I guess what, whatever. Longtime competitor. Terrorist taking steamboats. <laughs> to... <laughs> you know crash into other boats and i still want them to hit a tower yeah somehow <laughs> how are you gonna do it they, they're like going after shot. lighthouses we're yeah. like these are all so irrelevant at this point <laughs> i would love that let's Me make too. that happen the longtime competitor frequent winner the bell of louisville was built 1914 and is billed as the only remaining authentic steamboat from Great American Packet Boat Era. I don't know what I want to see boat it. Means. I want to ride on it. If the bell, I want to explode a boiler in it. We could probably do that. If I the bell wins this year, its prize will be a pair of silver antlers. Hell yeah! That's fun. That's fun. I've never. You're not sullying it with like money at that point. It's just for no, fun. No, it's like you, we're racing horses. You know, mm-hmm. let's do a little steamboat race in the background. Mm-hmm. We're already in race mode. Yeah. Antiquated race mode. Yeah. How do they make the steam? Is it traditional way? Are they still loading up shit and using the boilers? They better be. Otherwise, I feel like it's. Cheating. They would have to use some type of boiler to make steam. That's yeah, oil, right? but I mean, if they're if it's like, More is like the dangerous commercial. element still there? Is what I'm asking. I would assume, regardless. Yeah, if you're making water hot enough for it to be steam, there has to be where there's steam, there's danger. Ooh. That's why all those steampunks exist. Mm-hmm. It's true. They're dangerous people. Yeah. I don't want to be around them. I, I think for separate reasons, maybe. No. Yeah. yeah. Nah, they're, they're harmless. They're rowdy. They just want to have a good time. Yeah. You think the steampunk people fight the Renaissance Fair people? There's too much crossover. I think, yeah, they're one and the same. I'm very aware of some crossover. I think you're more than one than the other, though. Like the whole, like, you can be an Elvis guy and you can be a Beatles guy, but you like one more than but the I other. But I feel like there's a bigger difference between Elvis and the Beatles than there is. Steampunk yeah, steampunks and, and people pretending it's all cosplay. Know. It's all cosplay. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's just everyone's horny. I think yours is off. What? 
Remember you would get mad at me for making mouth noises yeah, of course. all the time as yeah. a childhood and adulthood. Yep. Yep. Still don't like it. John has, it's been raining so much and the snails mm-hmm. are like hanging out at our house all the time. Yeah. And now every time we go somewhere, I'm always like, look out for the snails. And he goes, crunch, crunch. <laughs> and I haven't called it. The, who we, I don't know what I would say, but because I also don't want crunch, crunch to be associated with snail death. death. Yeah. You want it to be something and funny. John wants it to be. So. Crunch, crunch. I've probably killed 30 snails in my life. Yeah. It's and, well, always, in the last three years. It's always right like after the, the rain. the saddest, like, crunch, because you know. You know exactly what yeah, it is. you're like, oh. Here's what fucks me up. It's not it, where they are at my house. It's not always, like, there's little gravel pieces. So sometimes it's it a might little be gravel, gravel piece. So you get, sometimes like, but sometimes it's not. It's a sad little snail. It's a sad little nail under your big old feet crushed the day. <laughs> yeah, you crushed it. Yeah. I was just told I have petite feet. By who? Just before this. By Andre the Giant? (laughs) (laughs) He told me in a dream. (laughs) It comes to me. (laughs) Hey, Lisa. (laughs) Got tiny petite feet. Yeah. You have to say it in a French accent. I tried. It's it's okay. My my French person with giant (laughs) (laughs) isn't very good. It used to be... uh, hmm. I was I was gonna try and think of something. I, I just know. don't want to do it. Don't worry about it. <coughs> okay, I can tell my story. Hey, lady. Hey, lady. Anybody want a peanut? No. Okay, I tried. Do you have wasabi nuts? Tell your story. Okay. <laughs> All right. Peas. Peas. Wasabi. Wasabi peas. Is pea a nut? No, Is they're a legume. Is a nut a legume? Peanuts are also legumes, but not all nuts are legumes. But peas are a legume. Is that why it's called a peanut? Because they're legumin in there? Yeah, probably. I don't know. Haley, it's a mystery. Go on. Okay. Sorry. <clears throat> Isabel Gowdy was born in Aldern, a small village near the Scottish Highlands in the mid 17th century. She married a local farm worker named John Gilbert, and they settled down nearby in Loch Loy. Though little is known about Isabel and John's life, it was assumed they were cotters, who are folks who have a small plot of land and a simple home provided to them by a landlord, and then they would work the farm or the, kind the of ranch. Kind like indentured servants. Uh, sort of. It seems a little bit more equitable than that because you get room and board, and then you also have the ability to you farm your own money. food, and you can sell anything that's um, extra. That That's nice. Yeah. I, mean, I could see a world where I'm like, retired doing that it's it's not that it's only the only difference between then and now is that your labor is sourced within your home and not outside of your home you're still having to come up with something to give to a landlord Mm. so that's not the point of the story (laughs) 17th century scotland a wife of a cotter would spend her days engaged in various domestic tasks such as cooking cleaning you know churning butter s and d yeah probably maybe um and caring for children, though it's not noted that they had any children. She would also assist her husband with work on the farm, tending livestock and crops. Um, you know, that she sold um, extra, like, textiles and beef in the market. So a rel- pretty hard life. However, in 1662, her life became a lot harder thanks to the ongoing witch trials happening in Scotland mm. and all over at the Uh-oh. time. 
So witch hunts were common in early modern Scotland with thousands of people, mostly women, being accused of practicing witchcraft. The Scottish Witchcraft Act of 1563 was a law that made it illegal for anyone to practice witchcraft, invoke spirits, or make predictions. And I know they mean like magical predictions because we make predictions all the time, right. which is kind of a weird way to say like it. predicting the future. Yeah, soothsaying, if you will. Not like what the weather is tomorrow, but like you'll be married at the age yeah. of... I guess like some... That's like where's the line of context, right? right? I think it has to be more sinister. I mean, maybe on, not. You know what? It's, it depends on the bitch. You're calling yeah. a witch and what yeah. she did to you. Yeah. yeah. And what you're trying to get yeah. out of it. Oh, yeah. So it was introduced by the Scottish Parliament in response to a growing fear of witches and their supposed involvement in malevolent acts, such as causing illness and death. And the act declared witchcraft a capital offense punishable by death. The law was heavily influenced by the Reformation, which, as a reminder, was a period of religious and social upheaval in Europe that began in the 16th century when many Christians began to challenge the authority of the Roman Catholic Church and the Pope. The ulti- this ultimately led to the establishment of Protestantism, which was a growing influence in Scotland at the time. Protestant leaders viewed witchcraft as heretical practice that was associated with Catholicism and superstition. Scotland's pre-Christian era was characterized by diverse religious practices, including Celtic and Pictish traditions. The arrival of Christianity in Scotland is believed to have occurred in like the fourth century through interactions with the Roman Empire and then missionaries coming up from um, Ireland. The process of Christianization in Scotland was slow, with many aspects of pre-Christian beliefs, folklore, and practices continuing to coexist with Christianity for centuries. Y'all ever seen Clive Owen's King Arthur? No. No, I don't think so. Hmm. It's all about this. Is yep. it good? I like it. Okay. It's it's not like a traditionally it's no great ghosted. film. No. no. <laughs> in no. a good way. Is Anna de Armas in it? No. Kira Knightley is. Oh, well... Debatable. I mean, she's definitely a period girly. Comparable, the two of them. I've seen it. Have you seen that TikTok recently that talks about like mouth acting? No, 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 no. Because that's all I see now. Like period acting face, where there's some people that you cannot see. Yeah, like they're too. They're like you look at somebody and you're like, that is an Instagram person. Why are they in 15th century England? I watched the thing she did. The um, it's like. It's spotlight esque. Yeah, the new one where it's like she has an Boston American Strangler or yes. something like that. And I, the whole time, I was like, "This is like an AI. Who the fuck is that woman? That's yeah. not her." Like, Kira Knightley shouldn't act in modern. No, she has movies. a face. She looks like a gaunt Victorian. She did do bend it. Like, I think she might have been young yeah. enough then. Yeah, to that's like. Well, yeah, different. like Love Actually. She can do stuff now, but like. The one that I've realized this from was Nicole Kidman in The Northman. Mm. Because she's got she's got plastic surgery yeah. face and that's not a face she that naturally does. occurs yeah. and so it wouldn't have existed back the then. The video I saw was yeah, because people were talking about Daisy Jones and the Six and how they have veneers yeah, and they mm-hmm. have the same face because of What's plastic surgery. That one girl who plays his actual wife, like very much looks like an Instagram yeah. model. And I think she is one also. So mm-hmm. it's like, no, people didn't look like that back then. No, it grows teeth. It's their teeth. I yeah. really think it's their teeth. Teeth. Everyone has their full hair. lips. Everyone has look wrinkles. Look at Janice Joplin's yeah. hair. Wrinkles. Compared yeah. to like all. Mm. All right. Sorry. Sorry. I know that was on me. So the Witchcraft Act was seen as a way to root out and eliminate the remaining pieces of these practices, these these pagan pre-Christian practices, and to promote Protestant beliefs. 
And then there, at the same kind of time period, there was a lot of civil unrest following Charles I's execution in 1649, and then the installment of Charles II as monarch in 1660 after his nine-year exile, along with poor harvests and resulting widespread panic and hysteria, leading to the Great Scottish Witch Hunt of 1660 to 1662, during which hundreds of women were tortured and executed uh, for supposed witchcraft. In 1662, Isabel, Isabel Gowdy, who we were originally talking about, voluntarily made four confessions of witchcraft over six weeks, starting in April in Aldern. Yeah, what's up? Ma'am, you have your hand raised? I, that was just to say, call when you... But what... Can we... I just want to triangulate this with yeah. what years this was happening in America. Mm-hmm. Was it before or after? So, 1492, Columbus, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Oh my God. We don't but, like, no one's that. over in America. People are over in Salem. America. Salem witch trials were also in the 1600s. Yeah, but yeah. do we know if this was before or after? I don't know if it was before or after. So, when you look at the Witchcraft Act specifically... It was instituted in the mid-1500s, and it lasts oh. all the way through the 1700s. So it's a, a very large period of time. That's almost Inquisition type Yeah, it's, it's lifetimes over. of it. It's not like a weird little blip of four years where everyone went a little crazy. Like, it's it's a long period of time. Okay. So all of the... It was very much widespread because you have witchcraft trials in England. You yeah. have them in the United States. It's It's all, from what I can tell all wrapped up in the reformation of yeah. the catholic church and then because you have to imagine like one of the reasons that people came over to america was for religious freedom specifically the freedom to be even more religious than in your own yeah. way yeah. Yeah. yeah well because that's one of the reasons that the puritans came over mm-hmm. is because they were saying that the church of england was being too basically Lenient. liberal yeah. and they didn't want to have to accept other people's religious beliefs so they came over here because they're fucking buzzkills we were founded on buzzkills basically it's true so yeah. It sounds like this witch trial and the Salem witch trials and probably others were all happening in tandem, tandem to an extent. It's hard to say because of that kind of large breadth of time. Like mm-hmm. I would say tandem now would be within the same like five year period. Right. But I feel like in the past tandem would have had more time because everything was slower. Yeah. No. So the Salem witch trials were 1692 to 1693. So, were so within a after, 50 year yeah. period. Yeah. Thank you. I'm yep. sorry. It's okay. It's in, it's good to put it within the historical context of everything else that's happening. So Isabel voluntarily confessed to to witchcraft. Um, and you may ask yourself, why would a cotter's wife voluntarily confess to being a witch during a time where witches were actively being hunted down, prosecuted, and executed? Suicide by cop. Well, the answer is we don't know, but that's a good theory <laughs> that yeah. hasn't been brought up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what else you got going on? So Maybe she's like you and is just mischievous and wanting to cause little I know. Mischievous. I'm going to do the bit, but I'm not going to get killed for it. You don't know that yet. Depends yeah. on who you do the bit at. Yeah, I haven't. That's a good point. Okay. So it is, it's uncertain why she came forward. It's suggested, suggested that it may have been due to her involvement in a conspiracy to torment the local minister. You know what? Incredible. <laughs> yeah. Cause this mischief. Might this you. might be me. <laughs> I didn't yep. relate this fact. Who had, who had a deep-seated, documented 
fear of witchcraft. And that minister was a witness at each of her interrogations. He was there. Accusations against Gaudi would have likely circulated at least for a period of time before she chose to confess. And she would have been detained in solitary confinement, probably in a toll booth, which is like a, like a tower, like a prison mm-hmm. tower. What if they made her work in a, in a toll, toll booth? <laughs> you have to deal with this the general your public. Yeah, this is your punishment or coins. And then th- that she would have been there throughout the six weeks that she spent in captivity while she was confessing. So let's get into her confessions. Um, so her first confession, um, Isabel provides detailed a detailed account of her encounters with the devil. Mm-hmm. She arranged to meet him in the Kirk, which is a church in Aldern, and named several others who attended, including Janet Breadhead. No. no. Janet no. Breadhead. She sounds like she should be famous. She was a member of Daisy Jones and the Six. Yeah. Janet Breadhead. And, and Margaret Brody. According, according to her confession... Both are professional wrestlers. I know. <laughs> Janet Breadhead. According to her confession, she renounced her baptism, and the devil put his mark on her shoulder and sucked blood from it. Hot. And then mm-hmm. she, that he used that blood to re-baptize her with her own blood. People pay good money for that now. Yeah, that's yeah. just a vampire facial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's also it. interesting because when you think about modern-day concepts of Satanism, Satanism is used as an archetype of basically rebelling against the status quo and putting yourself at the godhead of your life as Mm -hmm. opposed to Christianity, which is, you know, worshiping a god. So when you think about traditional baptism, you're using water, which represents purity, to cleanse yourself of sin. And if you, you know, take that and abstract that where you use your own blood to baptize yourself, it's that same kind. It it translates back to a modern concept of like flipping a Christian script in order to Mm -hmm. gain control of Mm -hmm. your own life. So I just thought that was cool. Yeah. Um, And then according to her, so let's get back. She also disclosed having um, sex with the devil, whom she described as very cold, hairy, pitch black skin um, with forked and cloven feet that were sometimes covered with shoes or boots. Not always, but sometimes. And other meetings took place at various locations, such as at Nairn and Insuch, which are close by. <laughs> so <laughs> she's just running around meeting this man wherever. Yeah. And she, if she gets, if nobody wants to hear, if people are listening, they don't want me to hear me describe um, explicit sex acts. Skip forward 10 seconds. Can I skip forward? Yeah. <laughs> she talks about having sex with the devil <laughs> and how his initions were like freezing cold, like spring water. <laughs> That like, would be <laughs> fucking crazy. That would be a weird feeling. Yeah. That is the weirdest. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm imagining too hard right now. Yeah. But it. She also said, and the other, because there were other women a part of this, they said that it was awesome. That it was so great. I would have loved. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm yeah, sure all yeah. the girlies were up in that courthouse being like, oh my God, I can't believe she's talking about this. This is fucking crazy. Yeah. Like That's, very voluntarily too, like yeah. yeah. She's like, y'all want to hear some shit? I don't I care if it's this. gonna kill this me. This woman is just yeah. She's like, she I'm having hero. a good time. Yeah, I'm watching this guy. This is the thing when I think I'm about getting... it. There's the minister that she hates, yeah. like clutching his his wood, pearls, his pearls, essentially yeah. talking about this and her being like, <laughs> she's like, and his yeah. jizz is cold and it's cold and I felt it yeah. inside of she me. She literally says that. Okay. almost exactly. So wait, thing. what is 
the devil. So I remember he may or may not be wearing shoes, which like same. Yes. But like, is his body like a human he's body? Hairy. He's got like hu- human. This is not from what I can tell, like a Baphomet kind of situation where it's okay. like he's like a got goat skull. head, but he's, he's hairy really man. hairy, like pitch, like, like right. black, black skin, cold to the touch and then cold another ice in his veins, if you will. In the place where all the blood rushes. Yeah, exactly. So in her, in addition to her interactions with the devil, Isabel Gowdy's confession. uh, Was his dick cold? Yeah, everything was cold. So it was a cold dick with ice cold emission? Yeah. You have to imagine that. She probably thought it was refreshing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It seems refreshing. Like when you wash your face with water, cold water. Yeah. Yeah. It's a hangover term. Yeah. Cover me in cold. <laughs> Fill me with cold. Fill me with your coldness, Satan. <laughs> it, it, it's, the, it's the same kind of concept that like God is described as light and warmth. Right. So right, it's sure. always going to be a even though of hell that. is supposed to be all like flaming. No, hot. no. So like it depends that's on a, the that's level a mo- you're at. That's a modern interpretation of hell. Right. Like there are talking talks about burning pits, but usually when from like a biblical stand, I'm not a biblical right. scholar. Is it's mostly yeah. talked about a shade. And you know you've right. read Dante's You're Inferno. Away from the, the lowest light of port, God. the lowest yeah. point in hell is a freezing river. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. That's where the that's where the that's, it's is. all just the river of devil jumps in it. No, don't jump in it. And Haley's over there like we all go to hell. <laughs> Haley's like put Boo. her toe in there Ooh. like oh no <laughs> river of cold semen oh no devil don't get me. <laughs> That's my squeaky shoes. Yes, squeaky. <laughs> Haley has. Have, you haven't heard him. Haley's wearing squeaky shoes. No. Okay, I, we can. Oh, here, take your microphone. Are these your cloven hooves? <laughs> yes. Be careful with your headphones. Those are probably. Yeah, take off the headphones, but put I on. Think, I'm nervous. <laughs> this is science, what we're this doing. This is science. Okay. Ma'am, get away from that semen river. I'm going to put my toe in it. Yep. I'm going to do it. The fucking shoes. There is no sneak in those sneaks, no. man. Absolutely not. Maybe you got a tired. I'm chubby yeah. tired right now. No, you just danced with the devil. Mm-hmm. It's usually more fun shoes. than that. <laughs> Fun fact, the blue suede shoes and the red shoes, both squeakers. <laughs> both squeakers, little <laughs> both known squeakers. fact. Okay, so in addition to her interactions with the devil, Isabel Gowdy's confession also detailed other aspects of her witchcraft practices. She described taking a child's body from a grave and spoiling crops with it. Basically, they crumbled it up and threw it in the crops. That it was an unbaptized the, baby. That would help the crops. Yeah, well, not if you're cursing it. I guess. It's about intention. Okay. Mm-hmm. She also provided information about the coven and where they would they danced. Um, Gowdy explained that brooms were laid beside her husband in his bed so he would not notice she was absent. And the coven ate and drank the best food at houses that they reached by flying through the air on magical horses that they conjured entering through windows. That's horses. so yeah. fun. Yeah. I love that. Well, because she didn't broom. have the broom. Yeah. She, it was a... I mean, women are very broom-like, yeah. especially in bed, if you know what I'm saying. I mean, back then, you're just straw-haired stick. Yeah, he turns over, he's like, yep, that feels right. Yeah, I listened to a couple of podcasts on this, and 
every time they talked about this thing, everyone was really confused. And the only thing I can think about is, so if you're, you know, a domestic person, you're probably with your broom a lot. Like you, you, you're constantly yeah. cleaning you're with it. BFF. Like it's, yeah, exactly. So it's kind of like broom friend for like, it already, <laughs> broom friend for life. it already is like, if you think about like magical energy and like, like kind of transitive property, if that is a facsimile of you, a broom, then as a witch, putting that in bed next to your husband, it's kind of implying like, this is my husband's interpretation of me as I'm the thing sure. that cleans the house. So if you use that in a kind of esoteric way and like put whatever witchcraft you want on top of it, it actually makes a lot of sense. Yep. And everyone had a broom. And everyone had a broom. Their special yeah. broom. This is my broom. There are many other like them, but this one is yeah. mine. I love a good broom. <laughs> it's hard to fucking find. Yeah. I'll I know. tell you I've had some much. bad fucking brooms. I have a bad broom right now that and I'm sucks. embarrassed of it because I <laughs> wanted it. <laughs> I was like, we need. <laughs> you were influenced to buy this. No, broom. I wasn't. But when we moved into this house, like mm-hmm. it, there's it's everything is tile or like that fake wood floor. Yeah. And I was like, this is too fucking big for me to manually sweep with this like little broom. Yeah. I want to push. Broom. You got to push. <laughs> no, that's a good idea. But I found this other one and it was like, it's like a medium. It's probably like what? Two feet. Two feet wide. And it has broom like over. It's like almost a sphere of broom. Okay. But is it trying to be a vacuum? It fucking sucks. It is the worst broom. And I like insisted on getting this broom at Home Depot because I was like, this is this this is is the broom of my dreams. (laughs) And it's not. And now we just vacuum. Yeah. We just vacuum it. And anyways. Sorry. So, um. She claimed that her and her coven were entertained by the Queen of Fairies um, in her home in Downey Hill, which was filled with water bowls, and that like actually frightened her. So Downey Hill is like a famous fairy whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what it is, like a fairy circle. And water bowls are a piece of um, Scottish folklore that hang out in like marshes and stuff it seems like i tried to find more information about it and i couldn't find a whole so lot. like a bubble no like a bull i couldn't tell if the bull was bull, made like, of water bull. like a cow yeah. like a bull okay yeah. i thought you were saying oh. bull no sorry that's so just too. my country accent water bull water bull um isabel gowdy also confessed to making effigies of the land of the Laird of Park's male children, a Laird of Park was the person who was probably her landlord, to cause them suffering or death. She claimed to have transformed into a jackdaw, which is like a small crow. And with other... This bitch is wild. She's naming she's everything going in the book. on about she it. She really to, is. I wish she wrote The Devil's Book. book. Yeah. Um, with other members of the coven who had transformed into animals like cats and hares. However, some parts of her testimony, like her description of the king and queen of fairies, were cut short um, by the notaries and just noted, etc., which is a frequent incur- occurrence when the material was deemed irre- irrelevant or if it did not comply with the interference, it, it didn't apply to what they were being interrogated about. They just don't want the story to be more spicy and exciting. At this point during the witch trials, the more damning evidence that you would collect would be about the devil, mm-hmm. like truly like death causing crops to fail, causing people to get sick. So if you were just like talking about fun, fun fairy stuff, they're mm-hmm. like mm, that one, they kind of see that as almost an acceptable aspect of the culture because of this. Right. There's still this, you know, pagan right. stuff that's kind of filtered in. And they're like, we don't even believe in fairies. Yeah. So like, this is boring. Tell it's us about you. Yeah. Yeah. Sucking devil's dick. Like that's way more fun for us. <clears throat> it's like a nice, cool, minty throat lozenge. 
the so other <laughs> that I have like smoking know. a palm mall. It's it's like a mix of a clove, I imagine. And because of the clove and, and uh, feet. Yeah, yes, clove. And, it's a mix of a clove and a cool, which to me sounds very incredible. refreshing. Yeah. yeah. That sounds great. It sounds like Christmas. <laughs> Tastes like Christmas. Smoke. Maybe Michaelmas is that was the Michaelmas. Michaelmas. Mary Michaelmas, Michaelmas, where everyone pays their taxes and rent. And smokes clove menthols. I mean, you the have devil. to after paying all that. Yeah. So besides the fact that they were kind of just disinterested in that portion of her story, it also may have happened that they didn't include all the details because the scribes were unable to keep up with the pace and volume of information that was narrated by Gowdy. Okay. She did that on purpose. I love this woman. Yeah. So her second confession happened a little bit over two weeks later on May 3rd. Wait, that was just the first one? That was her first confession. She was like, (laughs) y'all want to hear some shit? How many hours do I have? (laughs) Yeah. So she revealed that her coven had grand meetings four times a year, once a quarter, and that covens consisted of 13 members, each each of whom had a personal spirit to serve them. She mentioned the nicknames of some of the spirits and their characters, such as Swine Rory, the Roaring Lion, Mac Hector, Robert the Rule, Thief of Hell, the Red Revere, Robert the Jacks, and Lang. Okay. Okay. So Lang. Get it, Lang. <laughs> the witches could raise the wind by wetting a rag in water, knocking it on a stone and reciting a spell, um, and could also lay it by drying the rag and reciting another spell. And when she was doing this, she was reciting all of the words to the spells. Like, and they're all rhyming. So very much like how you imagine, as long as you don't see it as like Latin, how folkloric spell writing would happen. So did, did anything appear? Not well. Well, she, she wasn't yeah, like right? kidding. So one I'm of saying. the things is once she was captured, she said that all of her power was t- taken from her by the devil because she got captured. He's like, we can't let him in on the no. deals. You're going to rat on us. That's part and of the she deal. Is. She is. She's like, you want to hear about it? Whatever. No more cold semen for you, ma'am. <laughs> Isabella claimed that the devil made them believe there was no God before him and that they had no power over rain, at least, but they could raise wind. So there are limitations. <laughs> On this witchcraft, which I think it's... Yeah, you yeah. can't give can't everyone everything. That's no. air, not water. Yeah. She also explained that the devil made elf arrowheads and elf boys trimmed them with sharp tools. When the devil gave them the arrowheads, they could shoot them from their thumbnails to harm people. Elf boys? So by like cool. flicking their thumb, they could shoot arrows at people to kill them i bite my thumb clinton yeah move right there hey man isabel recited a rhyming spell that they used when shooting the arrows in addition to this she explained the characteristics of elf boys and their behavior so she's interacting with these types of cryptids basically i need to know more do you think she made it up she's like my name is whitney and i'm here Here to to say (laughs) the elf boys use this every day like wow this is good I've literally never heard. This is groundbreaking. (laughs) That's we're just the women in the in the courtroom being like, holy shit. So Isabel Gowdy's confessions are remarkable for their detail. And it illustrates how well that was Isabel. Yeah. So her storytelling illustrates how witchcraft was understood and practiced in the 17th century in Scotland. So an example of one of her rhyming spells was recited. I shoot that man in the devil's name. He shall not hold when And this shall be also true. Not a bit. Hip- 
him shall be unlue. Get it, Which bitch. is basically like, go I shoot off. this guy and he's going to die. Yeah. Um, go on. Yeah. So that was her second confession. Her third confession um, happened a couple weeks after that, May 15th, and followed a similar pattern of her first and second confessions. She, she described her pact with the devil and revealed the names of those she killed with elf arrows, expressing regret for her actions. Sure. She also provided names of other coven members and details of other murders. Were all those people really murdered or dead? Some of them were. Okay. So specifically, the sons of the landlord, the younger one some of them have gotten it gotten ill and died they deserved it probably well because that's another thing thing, the concept of the time and this is kind of what i've collected from another podcast that i listened to so i'm not going to pretend like this is my original idea but life was really hard back then you didn't live very long so the concept of valuing somebody else's life was a little bit foreign yeah so in that thought pattern of okay if i live long enough then my landlord's children will grow up to also oppress me. Yeah. So if I can remove them, then my life gets a little bit easier. So killing children was not that big of a deal back then. And they died all the fucking time anyways. Yeah. That's so. what I'm saying. Like yeah. they were sick. What all about, kids were sick. Yeah. The bitches she said were in her coven. There were other local members. Women. And there was those two chicks that were with her. Janet. You know, yeah, Janet, Janet, who we hate, yeah, Breadhead, Breadhead and uh, Margot. <laughs> and I, I'll, t- I'll get a, so I don't know if I have it in here, but she did accuse other people like a schoolmaster and they kind of dismissed it for probably one misogyny and two, because the way that she was describing them having interactions with these other people would imply that it was more of like a trans like state and she was coming to them and it wasn't necessary. If it did happen, it wasn't, they were in the coven is that they were experiencing the witchcraft against their will, I guess. Also, if those women were smart, which probably not, you could be like, do you think that the devil lady would accuse other devil ladies or people who she knows are pure at heart and yeah. like loving up on God's warm semen? Yeah, that's yeah but do you know who would cult. listen to that? No one. They just wanted to see blood. They were like, drown them. <laughs> Burn them. Yep. So Gowdy recounted how she was sent on an errand by the devil um, disguised as a hare and was pursued by a pack of dogs. Wild pack of family. She dogs. she escaped by running from house to house until she was be able to was able to transform back into a human um, by uttering a chant, which she told them what the chant was. Um, she also described how the dogs could bite a witch when in the form of a hare, leaving scars or marks once they returned to human form. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of the material that comes from this confession are things that persisted in witchcraft folklore moving forward. So the idea that a coven is 13 witches comes from this, the idea that a witch can be harmed in a transfigured form and show the marks of that form came from this. So this, this confession series has like long lasting impacts mm-hmm. to every single That's cool. witchcraft, basically guide like wind hunter guide moving forward. Um, because honestly, Isabel is a little bit of a snitch. So the confessions also include descriptions of dining with the devil and beatings that um, the devil would give to coven members, specifically when people would relate to coven meetings. <laughs> Tardiness is always, it's, it's always, always bad. bad. This is Christian Grey. Kind of. In her fourth and final confession, uh, Gowdy attempted to give more information about the members of her coven. And according to hysteria, hysterian, historian Robert Pitcairn, 
who first reproduced Gowdy's testimonies in 1833, 41 people were arrested as a result of her statements. <laughs> How 41? many? 41. That's wild. Yeah. And there can't be a ton of people there. No, even, yeah, like town. how do you even? I mean, I guess it's all the people. You're like, I'm gonna name names. I know 41 Everyone. people. I mean, it's like Salem. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly how it happens. Yeah, and that was nine people. So. Yeah, I think despite being illiterate, Gowdy had a remarkable ability to tell tales, rhyme, and create poetry. Her confessions during the trial reveal a deep familiarity with folklore, including tales of fairies, shapeshifters, and magical rituals. Some authors suggest she could have been considered a wise woman in her region, so she was already kind of like a healer, if not mm. actually a witch or somebody that at the time would be considered a witch. How old is this woman? So it's hard to tell. Um, we don't have any birth records for her, but using the context clues from her testimony, she's anywhere between 30 and 50. Okay. I was going to I imagine that. her in her 30s. Yeah. Additionally, Isabel's, te- Isabel's testimony contains some proto-feminist themes. She claimed that the devil had promised her power and autonomy, which was something that many women during this period were denied. Her confession may have been a way for her to assert some sort of agency in her life, even if it meant admitting to something that wasn't true. Um, despite the fantastical nature of her confessions, it's important to remember that Gaudi was a product of her time and likely was influenced by the pre-pagan, pre-Christian folklore that still persisted in Scotland during the 17th century. Her confessions were also likely a reflection of cultural beliefs and fears at the time, as well as a result of interrogation methods used during the witch trial Mm -hmm. itself. And with that, one of the things that makes her confessions remarkable was that they were voluntary and were not coerced via torture. However, what we would consider torture today may be different with what they would consider if torture back like, then. I'm gonna put a paper cut on your finger right now and be like, it was the devil. I'm in hanging <laughs> yeah. out with the devil. Um, please don't hurt me. Yeah. So Although there is little evidence that Gowdy was subjected to the horrors of judicial or illegal physical torture using like a torture device as they would use back then. You have to imagine she was also jailed for six weeks in a 17th century prison. Yeah, she was hanging out in piss. Yeah, Yeah. she was probably, you know, sleep deprived and malnourished and just kind of, I feel like there's just like general abuse that's going to happen in any prison even now. Yeah. But especially back then. She also, you know, they have, you've heard of like witches tests that they used to do back mm-hmm. then. So she maybe would have been there. The, the one that I saw was the witch pricker where they basically just stab you with pins and see if you react to it. And they do that right. forever. I don't know if she was subjected to that, but that was very common. And so noting that that wouldn't have been considered torture at that time, I don't think it's fair to say that this woman wasn't coerced or put in a state that yeah. was physically uncomfortable at least all women were physically uncomfortable yeah. oh yeah at that time yeah. still are mm-hmm. absolutely so after six weeks of interrogation there was ample evidence to convict isabel gowdy and her, her other accomplice janet breadhead man she fucking sung like a canary too um a request fucking li- breadhead. breadhead i know a request was made to the privy council in edinburgh for a local trial to be held the confessions of the two women were sent with requests it's likely that the confessions were received in edinburgh in june of 1662 the sheriff of nairn which is like the main province in that area not province uh, county in that area was instructed to arrange a local trial. There's no record of Isabel being executed, but it is believed that she and Breadhead were found guilty and transported to Gallahill, 
where they were probably strangled or burned to death. Um, During her confession, Gowdy implicated 12 other witches that led to the 40, like it kind of compounds on top of each other. And then Breadhead implicated three times as many people. (gasps) Breadhead? Breadhead. She is just like. I know. Mm. Mm -hmm. I don't blame her. It It all probably sucked a lot. I'm just going to guess. Yeah. Sucked a lot. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's assumed that they were executed. It's also possible that they were just kind of like banished to live in obscurity, but I mean, banish. Yeah. Um, the reason for Gowdy's bizarre confession is still unclear. Some suggest she had a form of psychosis, psychosis, while others suggested she was suffering from ergotism, which is hysteria poisoning in your bread from ergot oh Janet, breadhead, breadhead. Breadhead. breadhead how do they not make that connection um gowdy's confessions are considered one of the most remarkable documents in history of witchcraft and remain a topic of academic debate i want to read these you motherfuckers. Can, so the witchcraft act of 1735 brought an end to the witch trials in scotland this act made it a criminal offense to claim that any person has magical powers or to accuse anyone of practicing witchcraft it's embarrassing yeah. that that had to be a law yeah i'm just impressed that they actually passed it yeah. like i look at yeah. our shit today yeah and then like i would not we be could surprised. probably still get i would not yeah. be surprised um the act was introduced after many years of public hysteria and the persecution of innocent people although the witchcraft act did not completely end the belief in witchcraft in scotland it didn't reduce the number of accusations and trials by the late 18th century belief in witches and witchcraft had largely disappeared from scottish society Today, Scotland has embraced its witchcraft history, and many locations and associations with witch trials and persecution are now tourist attractions. And it's said that the ghost of Isabel Gowdy, which takes the form of a green lady, still haunts the area Ooh, around Aldean and Nairn to this day. Green lady, that's exciting. Wanna, let's yeah. go to Scotland. I want to go to Scotland really bad. I do too. And, I do too. And just real quickly, Spencer wants to go real bad. Too. Yeah. So does my dad. We should all go on a family trip. That'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Brandon wants to go also. I'm saying Spencer's that because twin. he has to. John my dad yeah. and spencer are twins so ju- i just want to acknowledge a couple of sources real quick because they there, there was a lot of information on this so spooky scotland great website has a Ooh. really big write-up on this love it um historical environment scotland is also another one um the podcast that i listened to that was nice brief kind of thing is the mage as well and it's really hard to find the original confessions because they're all within academic sources. Mm. So they're behind paywalls. However, Tumblr, all of the confessions are on it's dianson.tumblr.com and you Man, can read all of her confessions. Fuck yeah, yeah, Tumblr. Tumblr coming right back to save the day. I know. I appreciate it a lot. I have a good paywall site yeah. if anyone ever needs it. Oh, why do I need that? I don't have Tumblr. Okay, fine. It's like twelve foot ladder dot io or something like that. Anyways, that is the best. I wanna are you gonna be here for Halloween? I don't know how I would be her for you Halloween. Her. I think I can already embody her a little bit right now. I have an like idea. look at me. You got your little devil horns. I my little devil horns on. What's your idea? What if you're breadhead? Because that costume is easy as shit. Yeah, you put bread on your head. Janet Breadhead. And then what Janet? Janet Breadhead. Back then, Janet. It gets kind of confusing in the story, too, because when she basically denies her baptism and mm-hmm. like is like, what up, devil? Let's hang out. The devil renames her, and he renames her as Janet. 
Okay. But her friend's name is also Janet. Okay. And so I, I didn't mention it in the main part of the story because we already had a problematic Janet yeah. to talk about a little bit. So, and also if you're going to get a new name, it's from the devil and they give you yeah. Janet. Sorry, yeah, Janet. Isabel is a way better name. The yeah. biblical name of Jane and first used in England during the 15th century. Yeah. So Janet's kind of a modern name back yeah, then. Yeah, it sounds like a I mean to me Janet is the name of the like 50s to yeah, 80s. It sounds more nice modern there. than it is. It's the same thing with the the name Tiffany. Right. Tiffany's a Shakespearean name. Yeah. Really? Mhm. Ew. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Whitney. I think it was a last name for a bit. I know, I don't know. Hey Lee. Lease Lee. <laughs> you will adapt. <laughs> yes. Fine. Give me a new name, Satan. Yeah. So, yeah. Think I about that tomorrow, Beltane. Light a fire. Jump yeah, over it. All of this is all, yeah. To me, witchy shit. Like, fucking whatever I talked about, I already forgot. But it's all very May, May 1st Yeah, we're in spring. Yeah, so. Steamboats? I'd want to be on a steamboat in well, spring. Yeah. Kentucky Happy. Derby. Kentucky Derby, yeah. you're right. I want to bet on the steamboat race. I could bet on a steamboat race. Like, fake money, though. Like, mm-hmm. I wonder if you can. Not real money? No. Haley's I against our gambling. gambling. Haley hates I, Y'all can gamble all you want. I just, I don't know. Of all the addictions that I have had and could have, gambling just seems like the lamest one to me. I mean, I'm not addicted to gambling. That's a gambling No. It's the smile you did after mm. saying it. <laughs> Y'all find out that I'm like $100,000 in debt because I mean, I've been secretly I want it to be that. Yeah. And I want it to be because of scratch off specifically. <laughs> So the volume in like, which you no have one to knows, do it. and then I like mysteriously either disappear or die, and you go in my closet, and it's just, just scratch offs, and they're all loose avalanche, and I'm like, they're like, oh no, and John's crying. He's like, these were her favorite. No, <laughs> and now I could I never all ever have that. John She's would instantly left me with know. this debt. Yeah, you buy a bunch There's of scratch offs on credit. Yeah, like take you mortgage. Your Fun house. fact: they will not let you buy. You they can't won't. buy you lotto tickets, or yeah, it's got to be. I wonder. You know, I wonder debit. if that is a a addiction mitigating thing because you cannot run up credit. Well, you can get it in advance on a credit card, but yeah, not all credit you cards. You could let take you do out that. money at an ATM on a credit card if and you, then pay for it. If you have bad credit and you have a credit card that doesn't let you do that, though. Yeah, like but I mean. You don't, you know, for a while. But Whitney's at the start of her fall. Yeah, I can still do it. She sees what's in front of her. (laughs) Mm, Let's get some payday loans. Oh, God. That sounds fun. Real squirrely over here. Real excited for some payday loans. I'm going to go gamble. Pumped up. I say we corner a minister and make him feel uncomfortable about the weird cold sex that we've had with the devil. I love that. I'm going to get on a steamboat. There's no risk. If we get on a gambling steamboat. I mean, honestly, I was like, have I been on a steamboat, just like a stationary one in Louisiana, like to gamble, like the boats in Louisiana? Because I've gambled on a boat in Louisiana. And aren't they like old school steamboats? I don't know. Tip, Like most of them at least have the vibe. Yeah. I don't know. Let's go get on a steamboat. Yeah. Bye. Bye.